what is the right way to define success? We discuss this and more in this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking peoples, thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, a home for people who love to have fun thinking deeply. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, lazy workaholic, and with me as always is my savagely successful co-host, Nathan Clarkson, incredibly successful actor, author, filmmaker, <laughs> uh, and also um, very successful at being incredibly humble. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, most of all, most of yes. all. <laughs> oh, well, today we are going to be discussing how to define success, which is super, super millennial thing to ask. It was something we're always really <laughs> very useful. Um, but first, if people enjoy our discussion and want to engage with more of our content and meet fellow overthinkers like themselves, where can they go? They can go to the overthinkersjournal.com where they can find out more about their hosts and they can send us all of their love and hate mail there. They can also go to the online private Facebook group, The Overthinkers, where there's over 15,000 overthinkers just like themselves posting memes and getting into great intellectual discussions about all the things we talk about here. If you do enjoy the podcast, please consider us, please consider us, please consider leaving us a review and sharing with a friend and just consider us. We like to be thought of. <laughs> yes. We're doing it live, folks. We're doing it live. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, that was a very successful intro. I'm really, I actually had a lot of, I was telling you before, I had a lot of fun with this. It was like, we were one of our episodes like, oh, how do we define success? I'm like, okay, I'm going to start Googling this topic to see like, how we want to go for it. And I actually had a lot of fun with this. So I'm really excited to uh, put this together. It was a successful dive into Google. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. All right. So you ready to get started? Let's do it. Cool. There's going to be so many success jokes. <laughs> there, there's <laughs> this today. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. Buckle up, folks. <laughs> but you know, you know what our show is by now. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, according to dictionary.com, because we like definitions here, success is defined as the favorable or prosperous termination of event attempts or endeavors, the accomplishment of one's goals. How we define success is one of the favorite questions of interviewers around the country, as I found out when I Googled. With article after article online dedicated to helping you best answer the question to impress your boss, I define success as fulfilling my role in my the team or company, or I define success as meeting a combination of company and personal goals and helping my team do the same. And yet, defining your goals is harder than it sounds. In the modern world, your goals are things you define for yourself. As the how you define success piece at Better Up argues, the goal everyone establishes for themselves are highly personal, and there aren't any wrong answers. Yet this was not always the cultural expectation. In the pre-modern world, human goals were taken as a matter of teleology, i.e. the human species had a set purpose for which they were born and that they were made for, and you could discover through reason, according, according to Aristotle. But philosophers like Kant and subsequent thinkers argued you couldn't determine through nature what the human purpose was, and therefore, as books like The Rise of Triumph of the Modern Self and Hypermodern Times recount, transformed our society from one where we all agreed upon a given purpose for humanity and worked to live out to that, to one where we each must decide purpose for ourselves. Even so, even though our society claims that we each create our own purpose, people still can't go over to feeling pressure to conform to society's expectations of success. And these are definitions of success haven't made us happier with depression and anxiety continuing to rise in articles like the wall street journals is this it when success isn't satisfying pointing out how often even cheesy even our standards of success don't make us happy so nathan 
how should people define success? And what is wrong about what goals or measures of success we often pursue as a society and how maybe could we think about it differently? Well, as always, I, there's a lot of different ways to look at this, a lot of different ways to define, quote, success. And I think we need to be specific about what kind of success we're talking about. Yeah. In the zeitgeist of public interaction, when someone says, is that guy successful mm. about um, typically monetary or social status? Yeah. Uh, and both are pretty inextricably tied in today's culture. Yeah. Uh, so when it, so success is very much tied in our modern minds around monetary gain. Yeah. And it's interesting to hear that, you know, the idea that I've heard perpetuated uh, very often on Twitter, TikTok, other places in the modern culture by a lot of millennial Gen Z people, which is you get to define success for yourself. Don't live by other people's standards. And yet they'll turn right around and say, look at those successful billionaires. They ought to give me yep. money. And so it's like it turns out that um, defining success doesn't just make you happy. It turns out what they say, the only way to be successful is to have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. um, to have more money than I have now, and he has more than me, so yeah. I should have more than that. Uh, and maybe you should. I'm not, that's not an argument. <laughs> other, you probably do deserve more than him. Um, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Mathematically, the odds are not too bad. Yeah. yeah. And so I think we have to think about, really, when we're... I Because I, I think this goes kind of the core to ourselves. I, I think... One of the questions we ask ourselves often, and you could you could blame it on culture, you could blame it on um, society, is am I a successful person? Okay. And I think we ask that a lot and it creates a lot of anxiety and a lot of insecurity because we look at all the ways in our life we fall short and we say, I'm not a successful person. And then what our modern society does provide us is constant engagement and exposure to people who are, quote, successful, like all the time. I mean, just- yeah. yeah. Well, if you opened your Instagram, you're going to see people who are successful in things that you are not. Definitionally, by culture right. standards, be that um, be that with uh, dating, uh, all you see is just uh, example after example of people with uh, pretty boyfriends and girlfriends, or getting right. married, or marriages uh, with money. All you see is people with bigger houses than you, going on vacations that you don't go on, uh, that you're not allowed to because of your lack of success, or people even. Um, with the success of cultural clout, of status, Hello. where they have more followers and more likes than you do. Um, and so I think this is a, an important question because we're constantly both asking it about ourselves and evaluating others by it too. And I think oftentimes, not only do we ask about ourselves, we, like I said, evaluate others by it. When we're interacting with people, we're, we start to judge their success, quote. And it's typically by, um, like I said, just a few different things we've, we've decided in culture that are um, representative of what a successful person is. And it, like I said, it really comes down to social status, money, and romantic ability. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and to me, those are the ways, pretty much the only ways exclusively that we talk about success. And, and that makes a lot of sense. Those are typically the ways, money, romance, and status, that you go about, like you said, with the, the actual dictionary definition, um, go about getting the fulfillment to yes. a desire that you want. So if you, you know, sexually or romantically, if you can get to whoever you want, you're going to be more fulfilled. And so you're going to consider yourself successful if you get that person that's the image of your, that's a, the object of your desire. Right. Uh, if you um, uh, want to uh, live well and comfortably and safely, you're going to want to get a house. And so yeah. that is the idea of success. So that's monetary. And if you want to be respected by people around you and do what you love, then you're going to, you know, the social status. 
So I think that when we talk about are you successful, we're really talking about these three things. Social uh, slash status, romantic slash sexual, and monetary slash money. So those are those are really where I'm kind of identifying this conversation really? is about. Now, what I might want to talk about is are those things yeah. ways to measure success? Um, that I don't know, and we'll discuss further. But right now, I think... Um, that when we're having a discussion, it's really about those three things and our access ability and amount that we currently have um, or can get. And so, um, wait, what was the question? <laughs> well, the the you know the the topic of today is how do you define success? But the question and the question I asked you is, you know, how are people defining success, and is that a good way to do it? Oh, to define I it? was I was successfully answering the question. Yeah, yeah. where? Yes. Okay, perfect. Okay, now your turn. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> no, I think I think that that's really I think it's really good. I mean, I think that, you know, when I talk to most people, it's like, like what is it? Because again, again, I, I brought this up and at some point talk about how millennials talk about things is going to cease to be relevant. But, you know, like me and my millennial friends. But right now I'm going to ride the wave as long as I can. But, you know, the with uh, I talk about with my millennial friends, we talk a lot about it's like, OK, well, how should we be defining, you know, like, oh, I don't feel successful or I feel unsuccessful. It's like, well, how am I measuring myself against society's standards of success versus not? And oftentimes the discussion goes around like, well, really being successful means being happy. You know, it's like, how does it be most happy? But like you said, it almost always goes back to, well, what are the things that I need to be happy? I need the maximum amount of freedom to do the things I want to do. And the thing is, in our society, what does that require? That usually requires money. It's like, you know, I need to have money to go on vacations. I need to have money to, you know... um, to buy a thing I want or have access to the good things in life. There's a joke that goes around, you know, in um, uh, in New York where it's like, can there just be one thing in New York you can enjoy without having to pay for it? You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's uh, because and, and that's partly because we've left society. Uh, we've like again, we, we've most people don't live like in tight knit communities anymore where it's like everybody knows each other. So just getting access to things is a matter of friendship more than yeah. it is a matter of monetary but in, if since we're all strangers to each other getting access to the good things in life requires money or like you said it requires social status that incurs value upon you because again if you're living with people everybody knows you then you know social status is something that kind of everybody kind of has a piece of you know that's that it's kind of either set you know but if you can like gain social status, it's a lot more fluid kind of in a society where not everybody knows each other. And it's also and influence of people to get the things you want. Exactly. And then, of course, romantic again, like this. The other thing is that most people find community through romance because people need relation and stable community through romance. You know, I had, you know, it's in, and that's where and again, I mean, obviously, that's not the only reason people want romance. That's one of the basic human things that people care about. But. You're right. Again, it all tends to come down to you. And the thing is, most people don't want to admit that is a thing because it seems shallow and it seems like, you know, part of the evil capitalist system. And it seems, you know, whatever, whatever else. But that's the thing is they'll say it's about happiness. It's about you choosing your personal goals. And yet they we all do seem to use those same measures. Now, I think that, you know, again, like I said, there's sociological reasons for that, which is that, you know, because we're in a weird environment that most people have not been in, you know, we need these kind of things. Like, yeah, like the, you know, and you look at articles like the history of dating, like they talk about the idea of like having like charisma 
you know, in terms of the dating pool was like kind of like that was like kind of new thing when people were not um, as part of the dating market when people didn't know each other. So you could attract somebody with your personality. But so, you know, so some of this stuff is a weird modern period we have ourselves in why things have clout, but um, and why those things seem successful. But it does seem to be that some of these go to the basic human needs of, you know, we need, you know, and you look at Arthur Brooks does this whole uh, thing on um, Atlantic. He has a whole regular column on Atlantic called How to Build a Life. And he talks about, look, what are the components mm. to human happiness? It's, you know, having work that you love, having community that you love, having, you know, family, having, you know, some transcendent value like God. You know, these are all the things that, you know, people that, that statistically speaking, rate for happiness. And nowadays, you can't get those things without having certain quality, or at least it's a lot harder, having certain qualities of money, um, social status, and uh, sex appeal, you could say, you know. Yeah. Now, well, you, this, we could it, sit, it, discuss if those well, are look, good things. But that, you, no, 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 you go, you go. They came up when you when you were talking about these things that we've kind of identified as the markers for success in these different areas of basic human desires and needs is um, the statistics and the studies right now are showing that most of us, and I'm speaking most of us, are in short supply in all of these. Right. I, so I think there's a reason the question is being asked more and more and more mm. because uh, most people right now, you can look at, uh, and I'll uh, talk about them in a second, all of these markers were actually in pretty low uh, low engagement with right now. Yeah. Most of, uh, most of America, most of the West, maybe even most of the world. But like, if you look at let's say, let's take the dating market, right? Yeah. We identify uh, romance as a way to um, feel successful. That that is yeah. one. And if you look at the the statistics, less people are dating. Yeah. Less people are getting married, and less people are having sex than yeah. ever before. So all of a sudden you're going, oh, that's one way that a lot of people are going to feel suddenly not successful in. Mm. Then you conversely, what you actually have is a few people getting a lot of it. So you yes. have the 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 um uh the birth of hookup culture. And what ended up happening is not everyone gets to have sex with each other. What what ended up happening was <laughs> few people have sex with everyone. Right. Uh, and so uh with with when hookup culture kind of came along. So you, ha you have this imbalance of a lot of people not getting something and a few people getting all the thing. Yeah. And then you move on. And this is a valid critique, I think, of um, of a particular philosophy is that with money right now, right. people are losing money. They cannot pay rent. They can't buy houses. They can't even get bananas um, and feel like financially st stable. Listen, mm -hmm. we live in Los Angeles. We love Trader Joe's. We can barely buy eggs here. It's crazy. And then you see that there are more billionaires than have ever been in human history. So more wealth in human history is held by just a few people than yeah. ever has. Well, well, most of the uh, the country, um, even the middle class and even the upper middle class is struggling to pay bills. And so that's another way that we're all going to feel unsuccessful. Um, and then the last one is status, right? Yeah. If you look like the, the statistics about how many followers the average person has, yeah. how many likes the average person gets, it's like three, right? That yeah. That's really normal. And then we're constantly confronted with, uh, I don't know, who's a Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez <laughs> I am so confronted with Selena yeah. Gomez every day. <laughs> you know what? You know what, Selena? <laughs> Why does she we, have those followers? We're going to start a beef with Selena Gomez. <laughs> yeah. Overthinkers against Selena Gomez, and she'll have to come on and we'll have a great view where we all make <laughs> Exactly. <go>. Um, <laughs> but Selena Gomez is like, what? I don't know. I think she has the most followers in yeah. history or at some point did like a hundred million yeah. and there's a lot of and people have um you know get 
a billion likes on one post, one person gets one. And so it feels like, and even within our friend groups and stuff there, it might be one person who gets more online attention. Yeah. Most people are not getting that much online attention when it comes to quote clout. You know, we yeah. have this whole idea of influencers now, and they're kind of this, their own little class and everybody wants to be one, but only a few people actually are. And you have these entire, it's like multi-million dollar industry. Um, I don't want to give an exact figure. It could be in the billions of, uh, of growth tactics for social media. Yes. <laughs> selling fake fans. Literally, you know, you can go buy fake likes and, and fake followers. I, it's insulting how often I get ads for those. <laughs> hey, are you sure you don't want just to buy a few? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so very, very sad. And so you have a you have ma the grand majority of most people living in the West and mother and modernity right now feeling unsuccessful. All the traditional markings <laughs> of quote success. And I think that naturally has led to this kind of great resentment yeah. where we identify the people who have gotten things. You know, you have the incel community come up yep. and identify the chads who are getting all the girls, like the, the few chads who are getting all the girls and the incels are going, that's not fair. Um, yep. And so and then you have the other who's saying they shouldn't have this money. I should have this money. And then you yep. have it into the clout. Uh, look at all these idiots who have all the likes. And I'm really a deep person who only has three likes. <laughs> well, all of that could be true. It does breed this this resentment that lives in a lot of people because they're not feeling successful so i do think you we have one of two options which is one i guess we can you know form a very oppressive um force to make people give us um sexual and romantic mates more money and everyone has to like my photos now or establish kendom yes exactly <laughs> Ooh, good good cultural <laughs> Or we can go about actually deciphering what is worthy uh, uh, um, valuing and how we can define our actual success. And I'll talk more about what I think, why I think that'll be beneficial is to learn how to redefine what success looks like away from what culture has told us it, it is. And it's not redefining it away from our human wants, needs, yeah. and desires. It's redefining it outside of the context that the pervasive social media and media and just uh, all of culture has told us we have to value ourselves around. But I want to hear more of your thoughts and then we can kind of get into how do we redefine this and how should we redefine this? Yeah, well, I think I think that you, you've hit on a couple of good points. I won't take too long because I'm, I'm actually really excited about getting into kind of a, how we rethink this part of it. But I think you make an excellent point that, you know, um, the, the model that we created for defining success doesn't work because yeah. it does because it, it it's only pop because there's a um. I, I and I, if somebody can check me that I'm wrong about this, I'm pulling this from you know my my many you know listening and reading of of these issues. But there's something I think called the Pareto distribution that's in physics that talks about the distribution essentially of resources that okay. always ends up um, giving it to some people and not others. So yeah. for example, that you know it's it, because it's like oh, okay if somebody makes networks with somebody, well that person is then going to get to network with this person and then another person and another person. <laughs> Once a person networks with somebody, they only get more networking opportunities. Whereas yeah. the person who didn't get to network with the first person doesn't get any of those networking opportunities. Yeah. And so there's almost like a law of physics that way resources get distributed when it's pure in, in pure competitive terms, you know, is um it, it gets unequal distribution now again we're not making anti-capitalist statements here that's a whole other episode but it's but 
there is a sense in which um that the that the way we decided to define all of life is one that is a competition for scarce resources is inevitably going to have like a bunch of winners and everybody else being losers if you define again you know almost like mathematically you talk about like you know it's like because there's like more um like women that exist than men it's like you know if you look at it's like you know, not every woman can like have be with every single man. Like there's a, like a math doesn't work out. So like, you know, if you define things of being like, okay, I've got to be, you know, I, I, I've got to out compete everyone. That's not going to work for everyone. If you want something that works for everyone. And of course it's only going to work for a small select group of people who are better than you. At this. I also think that the other aspect of this is social media or more advantages, right? Advantages. Uh, but the, the other thing about this is social media, which is that We've never before been so aware of how much other people have than we do. Because again, like, you know, I mean, we start out in society, you know, our success, this definition of success has just expanded exponentially because, you know, if we start out in society, we had like, you know, maybe a hundred people that we knew. And so being successful meant, you know, how you average out with a hundred people. But now, like, you know, like we, we know who Selena Gomez is. You know, and so it's like we can we can compare ourselves and to she Selena knows who Gomez. We are Selena Gomez. Just followed me. No, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I like to think that Selena Gomez is a huge overthinker. overthinker. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, Selena, you could do us a real solid and come on our yeah. show, <laughs> or let us like uh, do like a track in one of your songs. You exactly. Know? Yes. <laughs> Actually, I don't think anybody wants to hear me do a track in one of Selena Gomez's song. <laughs> Clip this and put it in your song. Okay, continue. Exactly. Right. But yeah, so that, you know, so the, the first of all, the just the Pareto distribution of success being complete competition is going to leave, you know, make everybody miserable, except a couple people, maybe. Um, and then it's maybe just temporary. But um, then the second thing is we're now some more aware of how unsuccessful we are compared yeah. to the best people that we ever have before. So it really is. And then this thing, all of our, like generation knows this. They know that this um treadmill is not something you can get off. They know it's making them miserable. Everybody I talk to. <laughs> and that's why they're like you said, they're performatively saying, you know what, you find it for yourself. But for some reason the performative, like just look into your heart and find out like it hasn't worked, you know, yeah. to actually make them not want to have a romantic partner or not want to be respected by other people. Because maybe yeah. just because those are basic human needs. That's sort of I alluded to at the beginning. There is, I think, a teleological aspect of like we are have there is a human nature that does need certain things. Yes. And yeah. we can't just, they just not want them. We can't exactly you can't just not want them. And so that's the problem is that we've got on the one hand an untenable way to get them that fire society standards and or methods, let's say. And then we've got people just trying to deny that we have these needs entirely and yes. just self-create your own desires. And neither of those really seem to work. So yeah, so let's get started. Okay. What would you think is a better way to get those needs met or define success? And how would you suggest going about doing that? And then I'll give my thoughts on supplementally of that. You and I have had these conversations around a lot of different areas in life. Mm -hmm. We've had them about romance, about uh, professional lives about our uh, uh, status. We've, we've talked about this a lot. And, what and we, everybody should watch those episodes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what I keep coming back to is exactly what you said, but I, I'm going to rephrase it a little bit. You said that our um, 
that our definition of success has has expanded. I don't think it has. I think it's just raised. Oh, Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. So it's still within these these very narrow few categories, but how we feel successful in those categories is now an uh, an almost unreachable point. Mm-hmm. So in the you know, if you considered having a place to live as success, then oh my gosh, my one bedroom apartment or my studio apartment, I'm successful. But now you have to get online and see all of your friends who have five bedrooms, yeah, uh, houses that they own with uh, front yards and backyards and pools. And so you're going, now I'm not successful. And so I don't think, I think one of the answers as to how we uh, uh, approach this issue is you said, we're, we're not going to get rid of these natural desires for safety, for home, for love, um, for appreciation within community, whatever it might be. But we do have to lower, and this is going to take intentional, an intentional act of the will, lower the bar on what we consider successful. And I hate uh, phrasing it in that way, lowering the yeah, bar. Yeah, Um, but meaning, you know, they've done a lot of studies as to, and this is again, uh, not an episode about porn, but how porn actually creates dissatisfaction yes, yeah. in your relationships. Um, when you engage it alone and watching these things and just living out your fantasies, what you end up doing is you end up looking, not even just porn, just, um, movies or, yeah. or social media, you end up seeing Photoshopped, um, yeah. they're, they're not reality. It, it's, it's total fantasy, but now you set your idea of success as to if I don't get a mate who looks like or does this, right? Then I'm not going to feel successful. Where that was that didn't used to be quite the case. I'm sure there's always been um, sure. some of the, you know, the prettiest girl in town. Yeah. Um, but you're now you you went from the prettiest girl in your 300 um, person yeah. town to the prettiest girl in the world. And yeah. now you're going well. How in the world do people feel successful or content with what they have? So yeah. I think a big part of this is contentment. Um, at a certain place, because I do think it's human to strive for something. I, yeah, I, I, that's a really normal and good thing. I'm not saying complacency. I'm saying contentment. So yep. strive for something, but make it a realistic bar that you can reach. And so when you have something, let's say um, it's she's the prettiest girl to you. Who cares if Instagram or right. Hollywood or whatever, they, uh, if she doesn't live up to the standards of them, if she's the prettiest girl or guy or whoever to you. Yeah, that is something to hold on to and love. And, yeah. and that is where you're going to find contentment and you're going to feel successful. I got the prettiest girl to me I could in the world. And so there is a little bit of that, uh, not necessarily um, subjective self-definition, sure. but it's bringing the bar down to where you're not comparing everything you don't have to everything yeah. in the world, comparing about you're finding contentment in the thing you could reach and well, get for. And that goes the same for money too. Uh, yeah. There's a study done a while ago about does money bring happiness? And yes, <laughs> it does to a point. Yes. Yes, it Actually, is. Um, when it got uh, past the, I, I, again, I'm going to mess the study up a little bit, but you can go look it up and correct me. But essentially, from what I remember, it was when you have um, a good house, when you have safety, when you have the ability to um, travel a little bit, wh- whatever it might be, um, that's that was all the money needed to create a fullness of happiness. And actually, any more after that, uh, had a downward trend for happiness, meaning the more money they got after getting the things that your heart wants and needs actually yeah. made you less and less happy. And so even when you're looking at, when you're looking at the quote success of, you know, the the person who just signed a $10 million movie deal or yeah, yeah. whatever, if that's your definition of success and you're always going to feel unsuccessful and ultimately bitter and unhappy at what someone else has, 
what really you need to do is say, what can I do to work towards getting the things that I need and that mm -hmm. I want and that can make me fulfilled? And that might just be like right now, I live in a one bedroom apartment and I, and I have friends, by the way, who have whole houses and pools. Yeah. And if I hadn't learned to love what I have, mm -hmm. to, could, but I'll tell you what, the one bedroom apartment is more than I need. It's yeah. more than I need. We were living in a smaller one bedroom apartment in New York. And this one bedroom apartment is exactly what we need. And I find great pleasure in contentment with that. So for me, getting this one bedroom apartment was successful. And it was just as successful as the family of four moving into a five bedroom home. And so that has helped me be, uh, be thankful and, uh, and feel successful in the things that I want to. I found a place that was in my price range and that gives me everything I need logistically living wise. Boom. Successful. Yeah, and then the last one, the 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 cloud. This is an interesting one. Yeah. What are we really wanting for when we see all these yeah. people get when Selena Gomez steals all of our overthinkers' likes? What is <laughs> I she know she's getting celebration in who she is. Yes, she's being known, and yeah. so you can say, is the only way you're ever going to be happy is to get five yeah. million it's like Selena Gomez? No, maybe it's going to church and being known by ten yes. or fifteen people and loved, and you can be relevant and effectual in a few different people's lives. Maybe it's being a person within a family system that um, that matters, that is yeah. cared for. Maybe, you maybe you'll find you don't need 2 million likes when you have five people who love you. And yeah. so it's still answering those basic human needs. I'm not advocating for getting rid of those. It's learning how to answer them, one, in substantive real ways, and two, stop defining the success by getting those things by culture success or by insecurity <laughs> success. So that is the way I've gone about in my life. And just real quick, and then I'm going to let you jump in. And one of the ways I started learning this is when I first moved to Hollywood, right? This Dude. is the place of comparison. <laughs> and I remember, I, I was ready. I moved to Hollywood day one, and I was ready to be uh, um, a movie star by day yeah. two. Didn't happen, as you guys <laughs> see. Um, yeah, but, well, what's what's your Oscar-winning movie? Yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> well, like uh, Jennifer, out. Jennifer, yeah. Jennifer Lawrence to Chris Pratt. Where do you keep your Oscar? You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I keep it in my imagination. <laughs> yeah. And this is where I'd put a trophy. If I had one. So, <laughs> but when I came in, I, I had this definition of success that if I was a movie star, I wouldn't be happy. And then all of a sudden I had to reorient what I thought success was, quote, in my field. And what I ended up doing, I, I started as a background actor. I got a line here or there. And little by little, I found that I was able to pay my bills and live my life doing the thing I loved. While it might not have been uh, millions of dollars, I got to pay my bills and live off of being in movies. And that was sometimes was just a blur in the background. But I, but all of a sudden I said, do you know what? That's wonderful and beautiful. And I'm going to count that as success. And I found myself a lot more happy that I got to live my life doing what I love, even if it wasn't in the capacity I wanted it yep. to be necessarily. And of course, I still love to be a movie star, but I have found contentment and I feel successful that I get to live my life doing the things I love. And so using that as a bar has helped him be so much more contingent, so much more happy on this journey. Um, so th that is one of the ways I think we can really um, begin to get rid of this bitterness as we redefine success for ourselves. What do I really need? How can I really get it? Really investigate what it is you really want and need to feel fulfilled, not what society tells you. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's really a really good point. I think, you know, we've talked about, you know, because we're, we're both guys and, you know, so we've talked a lot about, you know, the... Um, how there used to be initiation rituals, you know, for guys, and then there aren't really a, a, um, widely accepted initiation rituals for guys, and how it was every man when they got to a certain point 
it was a certain age it was like, okay, here's, you're going to do this. And once you do that, then you're a man. And, yes. and it was something that was hard enough that was hard to do, but also so that they expected that like every man could do. And then once you did that, you said, okay, I'm a man and I'm successful at being a man because I've done those things. Yes. And yeah, the bar mitzvah kind of idea. Yes, yes exactly. Yes, yes, yes. They still do that, which is really good. Um, and, and Jewish boys have to memorize portions of the Torah. And so they have to work at something to, to engage with this initiation ritual. Exactly. And that for me is a metaphor to sort of how everybody has to sort of figure out. It's like, look, there are things you want and need, and that's good. And, um, but there's also things you want and need. And there's the things that you just want because you've been, you know, I, I say like inspired in that want by society or by experiences or by the, but it's not the things you actually need. You do actually have things you need and you're not going to be able to deny those things. But there's also things that you don't actually really want to need. And you do have to put some of the work into of figuring out the difference. Yeah. And that's okay, you know, to go through that process. Again, society is not doing that for us now in a ways that it used to. But so you have to do some of that work yourself. And I think that, like you said, figuring out, you know, because like you said, we, you don't actually, I think I was just looking at a CNBC article that said like, you know, after $75,000, like nobody's happier a year. Yeah. Sorry, if I was like, years, it, this it, was a like, few years ago. So maybe, maybe like inflation. Yes, inflation. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes. Adjust, not adjusted for inflation. Yeah, but, exactly. But it's like, you know, it's like after that, nobody's really much more happier. And so understanding that about yourself and doing some research in, into some of this to give yourself a certain idea of, okay, here's what I probably as a human actually um, would make me happier. It's like, yes, I would like a romantic relationship. Okay, that's, yeah, that's a base, pretty basic human thing. All right. But then what would actually, you know, make you happy in that? And what are you just, is just because of Instagram, you know, the, and putting the, so there's really going to be no, substitute in our modern day of putting in that work to figure that out and yeah. some of that's going to be experimentation of like trying things and not getting them and then trying things and getting them and realizing that you didn't need that as much as you did some of that, and so that's just going to be reflecting on your own values and then some of it's going to be again looking at you know scripture or your 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 you know your values that come from scripture and what they says say that you need and looking at studies that we've talked about um, that show what human beings need in order to get the basic what humans need and then asking how you want to apply that as an individual. One of the things I think is really great about in the New Testament, I forget where it is, but it's wherever they talk about the church and the body. Because one of the things I think, it's always been a a, a stumbling block for me with this, with this whole thing about, like you said, lowering the bar, you know, is, is I, whenever I hear, say I have to lower the bar, you know, or I have to settle or whatever it is, there's a part of me that says, but if I have to lower the bar or settle in order to be happy, that means I'm not quite as good as somebody else. Or not why, quite. Why as, doesn't he have to lower the bar? Why doesn't he have Other to lower she. the bar? And it was like because it's like it's like that means in some way that they're more valuable than I am, that they matter yeah. more than I do. And 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 what you know, my faith tells me is that that's not true. Maybe they're more valued by more individuals in our society at this particular time, or they're more valued intrinsically by more people, whatever it is. That doesn't make them more existentially valuable. And the kind of yes. what's, you know, St. Paul in the theology of the body he talks about in the New Testament is that 
beyond the fact that we're just all loved by God, intrinsically, just as we are, and nobody is more or less loved by God, all of us actually have a very valuable place in our society, whether it's, you know, as the head or the foot or as a, we do actually need each other. And even if, again, the fat, the purpose that you have um, is not to have a million, you know, hundred million followers like Selena, your, what you do is just in a sense as valuable because it's a part of the functioning of the body. And, you know, and so in a certain sense, you know, one of the ways I've tried to think about this is, you know, not necessarily, let's say, lowering the bar, but localizing the bar. So Ooh, that's good. I like that. So it's like, I may not, like I say, have as many friends as other people or as known or as admired, but I can, like you said, pick five friends and make sure I'm really investing in their lives and making sure that I'm making a real difference in their lives and my their lives would be worse if I wasn't there. You know? Yeah. That's and, really good. And that is how I've been sort of able to reimagine. And the thing is, here's the thing. You may not believe me, but it's true that you will get just as much satisfaction, if not more, out of your life doing that than you will, you know, not to not to be always bring up Selena Gomez, but <laughs> we're Selena. I know. We really need to have an apology to her about yes, first exactly. Selena. No! Selena come back. She should come on our show and then we'll apologize to her. Yes. yes. <laughs> um but say like, you know, having as many followers as Robert Downey Jr. or Dwayne Johnson. There you go. We're expanding our our our, our people hitting <laughs> But that's that's the thing is like they that's you, that, that's the thing is, and that's the, that's the part of it is that our culture sometimes lies to us about what's the best way to get our needs met. And oftentimes, really, and this is where I partly believe this because of my faith, but also because of my experience and what seems like the social science says, is that the actual way to get what you need as a human is, you know, aside from real tragedies, you know, like, you know, like murder and death and, you know, and horrible medical conditions is something that really all humans can do and have, you know, having yeah. people who love to love and be loved, certainly to love God and be loved by God, but also to have eight people in your life who value you and say, my life would be lesser if you weren't here. That is that something purpose yeah. and fulfillment yes. and love. And it brings safety and protection. Yes, well, exactly. I'm going to say something else. I think off of this, which is, I think our perception of success is too, because we have this idea mm. That the, uh, let's say you're a part of the incel community looking at the Chad who's getting yeah. all the goals and you have this idea, I would imagine, um, that you believe he is way happier than you. Mm. Yeah. Phil, turns out if you look at the studies that people who engage and who are, who are slave to sexuality, who are just, you know, they can't stop and they're only chasing this and they never form deep relationships. And then it turns out they're very unhappy people. Yeah. And that, that actually isn't a beautiful or good thing. And so, you know, the, these these guys in this community looking at that as to what they think will fulfill them, they're looking at someone who's miserable. Yeah. And that they they might look at that and ignore something right in front of them that could really fulfill them and make them happy. And then you look, let, let's say, at um uh your your money, right? You look at yes, one of these yes. And they have all the money in the literally they have all the money in the world. <laughs> Not even figuratively, literally <laughs> they have all the money in the world. And you you believe that that will bring you happiness. And yeah. it's like, have you read about the psychology and the um, the mental illness that these people 
have and experience and do, they are miserable people. Like it is, um, believe me, you do not want that much money. It, it will ruin your life. I mean, there's, a, and then, you know, with the social clout, you know, uh, Jim Carrey once said, and he gets a lot of flack for this. And, and I understand why, but I also know what he meant the the quote about, I wish yes. everybody could be rich and famous so they can know how terrible it is. Yeah. And it's easy to say when he's rich and famous. Right. I totally yes. get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think what he's getting at is, listen, I've been in Hollywood for uh, 15 years now of my life. And we had this idea that Hollywood is where people go to get all the things they want. They get fame, yeah. status, and romance. Except Hollywood is also known for the place of cheating, abuse, divorce, <laughs> uh, broken relationships. So that's one. It's known for embezzlement. It's known for cheating uh, money-wise. <laughs> it's known for people who have tens of millions of dollars who who regularly harm themselves, commit suicide, yeah. or disappear because they they hate it so much. Um, and they lose it so quickly. And even the the status is known for, oh, this person must be so happy because they're clapped for. And look at how they live their lives. I mean, Hollywood is not known for how it's happy. The happiest people, people on earth, yeah. No. <laughs> but do you know what is that, as you said, social science tells us, it's the people who are in families, the people who yeah. have enough. Who, I know enough is hard. We all feel like we don't have enough yep. right now. That's something to work for it and strive for. And I, and I get that. But people have enough to live simple lives, as Paul yeah. said, um, to have their needs met, to eat. And if there's someone in your life who isn't having those things, help them out. That'll yes. actually bring you fulfillment and you'll feel successful. Yes. Uh, we have a duty to do that. But but it's not, yeah, would you say not lowering the bar as much as it's localizing. localizing. Yeah. You might be fantasizing about what the things culture is telling you will be successful um, to your own detriment, that they might actually be more more curse-ridden, um, yeah. those, those uh, your definitions of success, than they are um, just wild uh, fulfillments of yeah. success. And so that's a good thing to reorient yourself and start redefining success, not because you know you want to give it to them, but because you'll actually probably be happier yeah. um, than you would be if you got what you believe success offered. The people who are happy who are successful the way we say are not actually happy because they have all this more stuff than you, but because they have the thing that most of us actually already have in our grasp. You know, it's like if yes. they're really, really rich, the reason that they're happy with their wealth is not because they're really, really rich, but because they have enough. They're, you know, mm -hmm. if if they, you know, they're happy with a romantic relationship because they have a satisfying romantic relationship, not because they can have anybody that they want. You know, so reorienting ourselves to the actual needs that we have. And it actually goes back to the envy episode that we did, um, which because we saw the envy, the problem with envy is that it distorts our actual view of reality. Um, no. This is like this, this, if I th had what this person had, it would make me happy. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's really great. Um, uh, any, well, anything say, some of the most miserable people yeah. I've ever met, and I've met a, a a good amount of people here in Hollywood, famous and non-famous, some of the most miserable are some of the most famous, mm -hmm. richest, and handsomest slash prettiest able to get whoever they want. And yeah. some of the most miserable people I've ever, I've ever met. Also, real quick, I do want to add one extra tip. This is quick context. It is. It, you know, and I know this is one that no one really likes, <laughs> um, but real quick. My favorite. You were probably more successful if you were mm -hmm. listening to this podcast, especially in the West especially if you have running water, especially if you are under a roof right now, um, you were probably more successful than 99% of all human history. And that's never a fun one. And <laughs> I don't know that, but there is the, the last thing I'd say is 
thankfulness. Yeah. Just be thankful for what you got. Yeah, be thankful for what you do have right now. And that's not to say stop striving. That's not to say no. don't find a better life. I think striving is good. But redefine what you think that better life is and do it as you're thankful for what you currently have. Yeah. And I think that will, if you have the spirit that's totally, um, uh, that, that's totally consumed with uh, uh, an anxiety about not being successful or envy about what someone else has, I think that thankfulness will be kind of the last half on top of yeah. actually loving your life and actually being able to go about getting the things, being successful in the things that you actually want to, especially when you do that work to redefine yeah. what that will actually look like. So so I got uh, Amen, brother. Um, so we hope that this uh, has successfully helped you guys uh, to, um, you know, think through some of these things. It's certainly something that, again, I am, you know, presently always kind of working myself through and figuring out how I reorient my priorities and values. So, um, but anyway, on that note, we are going to move on to our blesses and curses of the week, where we take a work of art, media, or resource on our topic and recommend it, i.e. bless it, or diss it, i.e. curse it. So, um, Nathan, have you figured out what your uh, curse is yet, or do you want uh, me to go first so you have a little more time? Oh, man. I don't think I'm going to bless. I thought of another bless. But oh, I'm, wow. Even better. Yeah, but you go you go first, and I'll see if I can get a curse in the time. So I've got um a couple of blesses. Um, I'm going to bless uh the... um I bl- and One of them I blessed before. I, I blessed before. I'm going to bless the uh, documentary, the comic, because of the conversation between Jerry Seinfeld and this new up-and-coming comic who, you know, he asks Jerry Seinfeld, you know, how can I... Um, have when when can I reasonably expect to make it? And Jerry Seinfeld's answer, mm-hmm. of course, is, "What do you mean make it? You know, if you get to continue to do comedy, like that has to be your making it." Um, yeah. And and here's the thing: this new stand-up comic, like this movie, this not movie, this um this uh documentary came out in like the '90s. It was like at the very end, like it was of Seinfeld's run on the TV show. You've never heard of this comic. You know, um, after, and there's something about like he he just didn't he he didn't see being a comic just for itself as being successful, and I think that kind of watching that and kind of getting the idea of these two different mentalities of being uh, of doing what you love, I I thought found very moving, um, and it definitely is worth a watch if you're struggling through this idea. Um, I will also say I I would recommend the um regular column that Arthur Brooks does on at the Atlantic on uh, how to build a life. Because he's constantly going through the social science research about what makes people happy and what doesn't. You know, there's oh. a recent article that was about like how um, bronze winners in in, a, in athletic competitions are happier than silver uh, uh, winners. Wow! Uh, consistently throughout their life, they, because it's you know again because they're not comparing themselves so directly to the one who got gold. Oh wow! And so it's like you know. Be okay being bronze. You're gonna be happier than silver. Something you know. There's so it's all of this stuff that is really most of my life is a bronze medal, and I can attest to. I'm just happy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll just say, like you know, if you regularly read that column, like I do, you're gonna have a better idea of helping to cut through what society tells you will make you happy, what will which will will probably actually make you happy, and that might be helpful for you. So I want to bless that resource for that. Um, Curse. You know, I, I'm going to curse that there, there's always movies and stories about that are that are trying to give the message that we're giving about like, you know, hey, you know, 
strive and sacrifice everything to be successful and and it but it doesn't actually make them happy and it's a good message but sometimes the execution is better than others so i'm gonna curse a classic keanu reeves al pacino movie the devil's advocate where <laughs> and and again i i get it like i watched it because just the idea of al pacino being the devil and tempting keanu reeves is a great idea and there's like maybe one good scene in it but i i found that the movie was a, a toxic combination of you know, um, gratuitously salacious and boring. Wow. Which, How do you accomplish salacious and boring? That makes almost like skill. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I, I definitely think there are probably better movies of that message, even like Christmas Carol that you could get into um, uh, rather than that. So I'm definitely going to, I'm going to set that one to the side. So yeah, okay. so Nathan, your blessings and curses. All right. Um, you mentioned Christmas Carol. That's a great one, but only the Muppets one. Everybody, yes, That's the only one, the best uh, one. I, that, that I'll save that for Christmas. Yes, uh, I'm going to bless Succession. Hey, <laughs> and listen, me watching Succession and liking it is um is by no means <laughs> like out of control. I know, I know, everyone in the whole world watched it, or at least in my world watched it. Um, but the reason I'm going to bless is it goes to exactly what we were kind of saying at the very end. Is here you have literally the the richest people the most powerful people on earth who are able to get anyone get anything and do anything and what you see is a it doesn't feel fantastical i know it's fantastical in a bit because it's tv show what it gives is a pretty what i would say accurate look at the the experience i've had when i have a peek into this world of um how it doesn't actually bring peace it doesn't actually protection doesn't bring fulfillment or wholeness it brings discontentment it brings anger it brings um contentiousness between people and ultimately it brings uh why well, I, I don't want to hear the ending but it's <laughs> uh that that the that what we think of especially here uh in america as success uh as the ultimate success these people are technically the most successful people in the world and they're miserable yep. and they um yeah they're miserable and so i think it's a really interesting picture of what that looks like, that people yeah. don't don't know how to define or discover the things they actually are longing for, even when they quote have everything society tells yeah. you they have. And so, I think that's a really interesting portrayal of that. Uh, the ending, I'm a little iffy on, sure. but uh, it's hard to do a series it. finale. It's a hard to do a series it, it finale. Really is. So, I I have thoughts, but I'll save that. For <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, by the way, um, for anyone out there with kids, this is not a kid show. I yeah. assume. You know that this is a this is a, a big a big kid show, um, <laughs> um, and I'm going to curse the Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, good one! And I'll tell you why. I do think he was trying to show, oh, look how miserable his life is, or whatever. But we've talked about this before, where they kind of feign this message that they're supposed to put in about, yeah, oh, it, it's you know he's he wasn't actually happy, but all they show in this film is a an amoral immoral mm. guy cheating his way to the top and having a blast and yeah. so what you end up seeing the social sociological like repercussions of this film isn't young men learning their lesson about yeah. oh you know maybe money and sex and and cheating my way to the top is bad and i should no one learned that when yeah. they watched this. what they did learn is that they should put pictures and posters on their walls and use this as an image to get everything they want because what happens in this film is they glorify. By the way, I only watched some of it. 
Christians. No one yell at me. I'm a good Christian boy. Um, I'm not. I watched the whole thing. I'm because he's a bad Christian boy. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that's our that's our new podcast. Bad <laughs> Christian boy. boy. Yeah. <laughs> but it glorified the things it was supposedly saying are bad, mm-hmm. and it made it so an entire generation of males. And there's even jokes about this mm-hmm. um, on t- TikTok. It's like kind of a running joke in culture and Twitter and such um, that. That all these that the way they portrayed this in the movie was glorifying the thing it supposedly was saying was bad, and it gave an image of uh, just terribly destructive behavior as the way to go about quote becoming successful. And basically, it said he was successful until he got caught, um, and th- that's but, it. But then, even at the end, he was like, "Wait a minute, I'm still rich," and he goes around giving like uh, co- like life coaching to people, and he's happy again. Like so, it, oh like so. No, it, it it ends even worse than 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 you think. I mean, no, I I'm gonna I'm gonna affirm that because again, just like, I I did watch it and someone watched it and you know it doesn't make it, it in your head. You say, oh, of course, this is bad. You don't feel that. You watch yeah. it and it's like it makes it seem so cool. All right, with everybody, everybody with me, with the class, where's the catharsis? Yes, yes, the catharsis, the release that you feel. This is this is the our joy. thing, the joy. And yeah, this is if people don't remember, this is our thing. Our judge of like if a movie is actually endorsing something or not is where you feel that emotional catharsis, that release, as Aristotle says, the release of tension. It's all the bad stuff he's doing. That's where you feel yes. it. So. Um, so yeah, I, I, I know people, I respect people who think that it's an anti-greed message, but I humbly disagree. So that's a great like, one. Isn't there a little bit of that too in Catch Me If You Can? Like, I, Kind I, of, kind of. I think that, again, I really like Catch Me If You Can, but like, there is some of that. But I think they do a better job of making it, you feel, because they do a better job of contrasting that to what Tom Hanks' character has. Okay. Said, okay. And and which is like clearly more beautiful. Okay. So, good. Oh, yeah. That's so, right. So, yeah, now you oh. you you have to. So you watch it and you tell me. I may be just looking at this through rose colored glasses, but for me that was the difference because you actually have a picture of someone who's successful in yes. a more way. The alternative. You have the alternative shown. It's like okay, oh, cool. as cool as this feels. Yeah, this is better. Yeah, uh, Wolf of Wall Street had no alternative. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. The FBI agent could have been that, but he's in there for like a scene. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. So anyway. Cool. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you everybody for listening. This was a really fun episode to do. Um, Nathan, if people like this episode because they have excellent taste and want to uh get in touch with you uh or get in touch more with our show uh and people who other people who like our show, where can they go? They can go to the overthinkersjournal.com and they can find out more about their hosts and send us all of their love. And hate mail, Selena. We will be waiting for uh, <laughs> on the show, and we can work things out um, to end this overthinker, Selena. This message. beef, this beef that's clearly, <laughs> you know, keeping you awake at night. <laughs> yeah. Um, they can also go to the online overthinkers community, where they can com- connect with other overthinkers like themselves on Facebook, called the Overthinkers Private Group. Uh, send us a notification; we'd love to have you in there. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, you can go to my website, NathanClarkson.me. Uh, you can also search my name, Nathan Clarkson, on any of the socials. And I'm going to plug my, my book, Finding God in hey. Hollywood. Um, it goes over a lot of the things we talked today about discontentment, comparison, um, and what it kind of, I it, it more or less 
tries to define um, success and what that should look like, especially in a city like Hollywood, <laughs> and especially from someone who says they believe in God. I do believe in God. I don't just say it, you guys. <laughs> so finding God in Hollywood, be your copy. Joseph? Right. Uh, you can find me on any of the socials as well. You can also find me at my website, josephholmstudios.com, and you can find my uh, work, uh, my writing, my culture, and faith criticism at places like an unexpected journal, relevant magazine, and of course, a regular uh, column of film, culture, and faith at religionunplugged.com. Well, thank you all so much for joining us today. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. Mm -hmm.